facts of your Bible. We want you to know what they taught, what was taught to them, and what they, in turn, then taught to everybody everywhere. All right? We want you to, to have that in your mind. There are many people, unfortunately, who start different religions and denominations, and they come up with all kinds of crazy and wild ideas about things. Some are more skillful than others, and of course things get handed down by tradition, and people get mixed up, and they don't really have the truth that the scriptures teach. We want you to have exactly what Jesus gave and inspired to be taught his mind on each and every subject. We're not going to exhaust subject matter, but we're certainly going to try to get the parts that are the most important, the uh, things that are important to you. And the first and foremost one, of course, is always built around salvation. Jesus brought a plan to planet Earth, all right? And we want you to know what that plan is, and we want you to believe it. We want you to have the as Daniel uh, prayed, when the Spirit showed him certain things, and he didn't understand, he, he couldn't grasp it. And so when he prayed and he fasted, he waited on the Lord, then the angel, the messenger, came to him and said, I've come to show thee the truth of the Scripture. It's not enough to have the Scriptures generically, in a general sense. You want the truth of the Scriptures. You want subject matter. Jesus gave birth to his church, he invested in the church the truth, the truth of the scriptures. And so we bring to you those truths uh, on each subject, okay? We want you to have them. Let's take a look now. Believing, which means one definition of believing is trusting. Not the only definition, but it, it is uh, an, an accurate one. When you believe the Lord, or you trust the Lord and what he is saying. Okay, so Nahum is an Old Testament book. It's a short one, and I'd like to give you verse 7 of chapter 1, the part that I have highlighted for you, so to speak. He knoweth them that trust or believe in him. Okay, God knows who's trusting him. God knows who's believing in him. Now, the full scripture, it says, the Lord is good. I want you to hear that. The Lord is good, okay? A stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him, okay? That's Nahum 1 and 7. Now, Exodus 4 and 1, this is where Moses, Exodus meaning to exit, <laughs> going out or going forth, and when the time had come, according to God's word, he had said that he was going to again visit his people, they had gotten themselves in a mess down in Egypt, and they begin to do what you need to do, and that is you need to pray. You know things aren't right, there's a problem, things aren't going right, I've got situations, then you've got to begin to pray. Now prayer, I don't have a lesson for you on that this morning, but uh, let me just say, without digressing too much, that prayer is you calling on God, and it does not need to be fancy words. It does not need to for you to try to 
come up with great elaborate sentences here. God wants you to talk to him from your heart. If you hurt, just say, I hurt. <laughs> you know, God, I hurt. I hurt in my heart, which is here. That's the seat of my thoughts and my intellect and also my emotions. Okay? Now, if you hurt in your physical heart, then you tell them that. My heart hurts. I have a heart problem here. Some people have a heart problem here. Some people have a heart problem here. One is spiritual, shall we say, and one is, is physical. All right. So Moses is uh, being sent down to Egypt as the deliverer. He's going to go down there by the grace of God, and he is going to bring the message on how we got to get out of here. We've got to go serve the Lord, which is all shadows and types. God is asking you and I to step out of the world. If you understand what I'm saying, and if you don't, what he is saying is I want you to get delivered from the system of the world, the ways of the world, and I want you to come out of that and worship me. Another place he said, be not partakers. Don't take part in the things that they do. Another place told you to come out and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And I'll be your God, and you'll be my child. Okay? So you want to uh, begin your, your prayer to God, your calling to God, and letting Him know that you want to get out of the mess you're in. And God will send deliverance. In the Old Testament, He sent Moses. Now Moses was reluctant to go. Because, he said in 4 and 1, and he wasn't so off base when he said, they will not believe me. They're not going to trust or believe in what I'm saying here, even though I'm representing you. So God said, all right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. And so God gave him some signs. He gave him three of them. But God was so convincing with the first one that they never got to the second or the third sign. And it is good for you to be easily entreated. That's, you can be approached by God and His church and that you won't be quarrelsome or argumentative or manifest an attitude of unbelief, but that you will respond in a favorable manner, in a believing, trusting manner. Remember, God knows them that are trusting Him. And you want to be in that number. You want to be on that list. You want to categorize yourself as those that trust in the Lord. Okay? So uh, he, he knows those that are not going to believe. It, it's not that God is saying, I don't want you to believe just that God knows who's going to believe and who's not going to believe. Just that, really that simple. And you want to remember that God gives certain things and does certain things, verse 4 and 5 of Exodus, that they may believe. So God does his part. He is trying to help people to believe. All right? He is doing things. He is saying things. He is making overtures here. He is not uh, an ugly God or a mean God or an ogre of some kind. Uh, as it said, the Lord is good. He wants you to believe Him. He's not making this difficult. He is making this simple and easy. Alright? The gospel, the truth, the message of deliverance and salvation, it is not a complicated message. It is, it is really a simple message. And it's designed to bring you to him. It is, he is going out and reaching for you. 
Figuratively speaking, he said, all day long have I stretched forth my arms, okay? And there's no place that God cannot reach. And there's no case too difficult for him. But you must do your part. You must manifest a believing or a trusting attitude. You've got to begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, the Old Testament is filled with terminology that we might believe in thy name and we give praise to thy name. But, you know, they didn't have the name that you have. They didn't, it was not given yet. The fullness of time had not yet come. But when it did, then he sent an angel, a messenger, and said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. So he was revealing his name, the Scripture teaches, that is above every name. And in so doing that, then you can begin to call upon the name of the Lord in truth. You can begin to call upon him through the name that will bring the results that you have need of. And everybody has need of God. Everybody has need of his help. Some people don't recognize that. And unfortunately, some people have to come to great calamity to call upon God. But it's so much better for you to call upon him while he is near, while he can be found, and before you're in a great big old mess. It's good for you to wake up and realize there are people that will teach you that there is no life beyond the grave. There are people, if you let them, I hope you don't, that would tell you that when this body uh, dies and, and the spirit leaves this body and this body goes back to the dust from whence it came, that it's all over. And that is a lie, an absolute lie. There truly is a place called hell. It was not designed for uh, people, for us, but for the devil and his angels. But unfortunately, people are going to make the choice to go there. Some people think it's going to be a great big time, and that's just part of the deception. Part of the deception with people is that they'll tell you, and it's fashionable nowadays to tell you there is no hell. And along the same lines, they'll tell you that you can't go to heaven either. Boy, what a mess that's going to be, huh? I'm glad that there is a heaven, and I want to make it, and there's a hell that I want to shun. I don't want to go there. I want to, I want to get away from that place. And, and when you look at Moses, he was sent to bring a deliverance. They were in hell on earth, if you please. They were in a mess. They were under great oppression, and they were being beaten and tortured and tormented, and, and it was a bad scenario. But, but God, when Moses told God, he said, they're not going to believe me. God said, I'm going to give you something that they're going to believe, that they might believe. And that's what the Lord has done in our day, in our time. And we will get to that. He has made a way and made it easy for you to believe. It's not a difficult thing. It's not a complicated thing. It's, it's not something that takes a, a great big amount of education and knowledge because, first of all, it is not natural knowledge we're talking about. We're talking about a spiritual experience. We're talking that God is a spirit, and he has something for those that will be spiritually minded. And we'll think about God as, as a, a natural mind thinks about God. That's why they come up with three gods, and that's why they come up with three persons, so-called. That's why they come up with, then they have to give you terminologies, and they'll give you trinity, or co-equal, or co-eternal, or co-existent, and try to get you to believe in three separate, distinct gods, when in fact the Bible teaches one God, and that's it. It's the, it's the natural-minded person that begins to come up with these very deceptive ideas and tells you uh, things that are not scriptural, and not biblical, okay? And they get into all kinds of things because of a natural mind. You want to ask God to help you to have a spirit.
spiritual mind, to think spiritually, okay? That you won't look at it through human mind and human eyes, but that you will, God would allow you to, to open your, He would open your understanding and allow you to see the truth of the Scriptures. And everybody said amen. Habakkuk 1 and 5 said, In your days which you will not believe. Now what he's saying, the entire verse here, which is also recounted in the book of Acts, and, and I believe it's chapter 13, <clears throat> will tell you that God said, I'm going to work a work in your day. And he said, and it's going to be such a work that though a man declare it unto you, you will not believe it. God is doing and has been doing a great work. The greatest work that was ever done was that which was done on Calvary. When Jesus gave that body, that flesh, as a sacrifice, that was a prepared body, a sacrifice, and it was for everybody that you could access this, you could take advantage of this. By this, you could have access to the Spirit of the Lord, that you would uh, not be shut out anymore, that you would no longer have to be a stranger to this, that it would... Uh, that everything that was between you and God could be taken away and that you could actually be reconciled or brought back to God because what separates us from God is sin. And that unbelief that causes us to sin, causes us to go and do it wrong. Our flesh, our nature is one of unbelief. And that's why we want to appeal to the inner person, the inner man, that part of us which is spiritual that the natural eye cannot see. He wants you to wake up to the fact that there is a life beyond this life. And just as they woke up in Moses' time and they came out, they followed the prophet of the Lord that led them out with a high arm and mighty authority and, and he preserved them. And in bringing them out, God did miracle after miracle after miracle to keep them. And, and now God is saying through this prophet Habakkuk, he's saying, well, I'm going to work a work all right. If you think that was something, then you just wait and see what's going to happen. He said, when I work that work, then it's going to be people that aren't going to believe it, even though it's declared unto them. That's why it's written again in Isaiah 53. He said, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm or the power of the Lord revealed? You want to be among that number that you're easily entreated. It's not difficult to convince you and persuade you of the truth of the Scripture. There is a work that was taking place on Calvary. And that work has continued on to this split second. And all the earth is filled with the glory and the knowledge and the presence of God, no matter how much the enemy wants to stomp it out. And how much he wants to put the light out and plunge people into darkness, that's never going to happen again as long as the church is here because the church is that city that's set upon a hill. We are the light that is manifested to a lost and a dying world. And it's gonna, that's why it's going to be a sad day when the church goes out of here in the first resurrection, meaning sad for those that don't go because they will be plunged into utter darkness because the church will be gone. There are people that would tell you if you let them. That, and, and that's why you want to be careful. Jesus said, take heed to what you hear. You know, you can turn on that radio and you can listen to all kinds of junk. Now, if you turn on at 9.15 every Sunday morning, you'll hear something good. But if, you, uh, if you're not careful, you can hear all kinds of things. And there are people that sit out there and they watch their televisions and they get fed with all kinds of garbage. And they think just because it says some type of religious persuasion and they think that that makes it okay, that does not make it okay. 
The enemy wants to flood and has flooded and shall continue to flood uh, this world with all kinds of gross darkness, all kinds of deception. And, and with many words will they speak and many publications and books. But at all, if you know the truth and you learn the truth, you will find out that they have a way of, of going around and going over and going under and skipping things and leaving parts out. And they do that because they have spirits of deception. Don't think that the enemy doesn't have his agents. He certainly does. And they may feel very sincere in what they're doing. But hear me when I tell you, there's a difference between being sincere in the truth. And you have to serve the Lord in sincerity and in truth, or you can just wind up being sincerely wrong. And there are people that are sincerely wrong. And that's sad, and we're praying for them. But we're not going to compromise with them, and we're not going to uh, let what Jesus taught and what he gave to his church, we're not going to let one word drop to the ground. We're going to hold that in the highest reverence. So God is working a work, and that work is what he wants you to believe in. He wants you to, and no matter how much unbelief uh, is around you, he wants you to stand up and believe that great word of God, that work that he is doing. And you want to believe that because he's doing it for you. Okay? All right, now Matthew 9 and 28. Here we have Jesus is confronted by some blind men. They cannot see naturally. And they talk to him and they confront him. And the Bible teaches that he went and he walked into a house. And they also followed him into the house. They got there somehow, some way. And as they came into the house, then he looked at them and he said, well, he said, what would you have me to do for you? And they said uh, that we might see. And he said, believe ye that I am able to do this? Now there it comes. There's your, the Lord knows them that trust him. That when, when it just comes right smack in your face, when there is no, shall we say, avoiding it or evading it in any way. They wanted something, and Jesus asked them, do you believe I can do it? Are you trusting me to do this? And, of course, this is where they, in, in, in this chapter and the next verse, they, uh, they said, we do, we believe that, yes. And so verse 29 that's on your page here, Matthew 9 and 29, he then said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. And so because they trusted, because they believed, therefore their eyes were open and they could see. And of course, they went away happy and rejoicing. And everybody said amen. amen. If you will believe that God can do what you're asking Him to do, again, that brings you back to your prayers. <laughs> and, and, and you can pray a lot of prayers but not believe them and, they, and just manifest the spirit of unbelief. You know, you've got to learn to pray in faith, in trusting and as you call upon him, the first thing you want to call upon him for is to get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And as you call upon him, you want to believe that he is able to do this, that he will give to you the free gift of his Holy Spirit. And according to your faith, that's how it's going to be. Now, if you're lacking in faith, that's why we want to gather together the house of God, because faith cometh by hearing the word of God. And it will build your faith, okay? It will build your faith so that you can believe God, you can trust God. If you're hanging around people that tell you, oh, I believe the Bible, but, uh, well, uh, does, does God uh, heal the sick? Oh, no, he doesn't do that anymore. Oh, well, can you get the Holy Ghost like they did in the Bible and speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives? Oh, no, God doesn't do that anymore. Pretty soon this is going to look like Swiss cheese. You know, that's the cheese with all holes in it. 
you know, because they're cutting this out and cutting that out and cutting the other thing out. You want to believe the whole book from Genesis to Revelation. And you definitely want to serve a God who is the God of, of power. That where his word is, there's power. That he is able. Are, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, We're, we believe that. And so they got what they believed, okay? And you want to believe, okay? You want to trust in the Lord. You want to trust his word. He's not playing a game here. And that he started and kicked something off in the name of his church and sent his church out to reach people, go into every highway and every hedge, every place, and begin to get people and bring them to his house. And then we get there, and all of a sudden we find out we got this God whose hands are tied, and his eyes can't see, and his ears can't hear. No, that's for people who are carving things out of wood and metal and stone and are worshiping something that they made with their own hands. Our God is a spirit, and he is the God of all gods. You hear me? And there's not anything that's too hard for him. Nothing is impossible with our God. He is the God. He is the mighty God. He is the almighty God. And you want to believe that. And in believing that, then you know that he can do anything good because he's good. Everybody said amen. In uh, Matthew 21 and 25, Jesus asked, a question in his teaching one day. And he is uh, dealing with people who are argumentative. He's dealing with people who are saying one thing and acting another way. And kind of saying, yes, 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 but we believe the scripture, but then turn around and not believe the scripture. And so he gave it to them this way. He said, the baptism of John, John the baptizer, he said, where did it come from? He said, did that come from heaven, from God, or did that come from from man and they refused to answer him because they knew either way they were going to come out looking pretty bad okay and so Jesus asked this question he asked them why did you not believe him what was your reason for being so unbelieving why did you withstand them Jesus sent John the baptizer to do a good work he sent him to prepare the way before him, okay, before the flesh, that is, before the one who would die on the cross. He absolutely sent John the baptizer, and he told him to go and preach and bring the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, and John did that. And as he went about, people began to come out of different places, different regions, and they came to him and they thought he was the Messiah, but he told them, no, he said, there's one coming after me who's mightier than I. He said, whose shoe lace, I'm not even worthy to stoop down and unloose it. He said, I'm going to baptize you. He said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Why didn't you believe him? And this is the question you have to ask yourself this morning. Why am I not baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ? Why aren't I believing that? Is it tradition? Is it pride? Is it procrastination or a putting off? What is the reason for me to hesitate here? Why am I not being baptized? Is it not a good thing to have the name of Jesus Christ in your life? Is it not a good thing to have all of your sins fully pardoned, to get a full pardon? These are good things to have the name of the Lord because you know what? If you don't have the name of the Lord, then only is going to leave one alternative, and that's going to be you're going to have the mark or the name of him who wants to be God, but he isn't God. 
and that's going to doom you for all of eternity because there is that in us which is eternal. And when this flesh goes back to the dust, that which is spiritual in us is going to give an account to God at the judgment and it's going to go to a place that you don't want to go to. So you want to wake up now. You want to become aware now. You want to raise your awareness factor and ask God to turn up. Uh, what did it say? Let your light be uh, burning, trimmed, and burning brightly. You want to get it, the, the, the spiritual part of you burning brightly here. And you want, you want what did the disciples say one day? And they, they were all confused and mixed up because he had been crucified and they thought it was all over, not remembering at that moment that he had told them, destroy this body and in three days, this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. But they finally got the message because it said their hearts, they said did not our hearts burn within us. You want to get that spiritual fire burning within you and recognize Jesus Christ, recognize the work that many people are not recognizing. Want to recognize that work. Recognize what he's doing. Become aware of it. Wake up. One place said awake to righteousness. Awake to the right thing. Wake up to the right thing. And, and can stop the sinning. Let's get out of that business. Let's get out of Egypt. Let's get out of, of the, the influence of the world. Okay? You don't want your mind, your heart filled with the things of this world. You don't want the sinful spirits that come around putting things in your heart and in your mind. You don't want that, okay? All right, so you you got to ask yourself, what's holding me back? Well, that before I skip down, I'll just try to go along here. John 3 and 12, this is where, once again, somebody comes to Jesus. Somebody that is particularly well-educated comes to Jesus. Somebody that has a, a high position in society comes to Jesus. And he begins to tell Jesus, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do the things that you do. No ordinary man can do the things that you do except God be with him. We're recognizing. We, we, there's people arguing. There's people saying all kinds of junk. But this wouldn't be happening. You know, this would not be happening, uh, the things that you do, except the Spirit is with you. you know? And so he said, we, in other words, we've been talking. And we are realizing here that we're sitting up and taking note here, okay? I had a woman uh, the other day, I think it was Friday, and all the guys had worked real late, and uh, I was out there with them, and we finally ran out of there. It just got, we were outside working, and it got plenty buggy. So we decided it was time to call it a night. And uh, anyway, we went to a place to have a bite to eat and here in town, and as we did, uh, a woman walked up to me. I didn't didn't recognize her. She just walked up and she said, well, she said, um, I want my son to come to your church. And she said, could you have him picked up? And I said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick him up. And we did. He's here this morning. He's downstairs at Omar's class. And um, she began to talk to me and she said, how many churches do you have? And I told her. And she said, she said, and you're building this new one. And I said, yeah. She said, you know, she said, it's, that's really amazing. She said, the way everything is and, and going on all around us just went on about it. And, and that's what they were saying to Jesus. In other words, people are going to recognize, Moses, I'm giving you signs. And here we have Jesus 
uh, John the baptizer, why didn't you believe him? Look what was taking place. And then we've got Jesus, the days of his flesh and his ministry. And, and you've you got to ask yourself the question. Here comes a man and he says, okay, okay, I, I can't deny this. What did it say in one place? A notable miracle. I can't deny what's going on. And I don't want to, as it said in another place, uh, find myself fighting against God. He said, don't work. I'll do a work. God said, I'm going to do the work. And he said, he said, but there will be those that don't believe it, even though it's told to them. So we have to, we have to get to this place where we understand that this individual uh, was honest enough. And Jesus is looking for honest hearts. And, and he, he said, uh, you, this is God. This is real. Come on. And so Jesus told him, truly, truly, I say unto thee, you must be born again, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so he, again, here's your natural mind. Starts thinking things not just like artists uh, paint Jesus with long, effeminate hair, you know, and and uh, all these other type of portrayals of him that are so inaccurate. Nothing like what the Scripture teaches whatsoever. But this is natural minds. Natural minds come up with all kinds of religions and traditions and commentaries and things that are absolutely ridiculous. But people believe them. That's the real tragedy, isn't it? It's bad enough that somebody's teaching and saying that kind of nonsense, but it's even worse if somebody's believing it. What a misplacement of your trust. What a misplacement of your faith. You want to put it in the Lord, okay? Not somebody's natural Lord. Not somebody's uh, commentary or denominational religious Lord. You want to put it in the true and the living God. You want to put your faith and your trust in the real God. And everybody said amen. amen. So Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto thee, because the man said, well, do I enter the second time in a mother's womb and be born again? And so Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto thee, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And of course he told him to marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And he gave him a, a, a very clear contrast here. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is natural is natural. That which is physical is physical. And he said, and that which is of the spirit is spirit. Okay? So he's telling him, you've got to get with the program. You've got to, so to speak, turn off your natural mind and turn on your spiritual mind. If you're going to, this is a spiritual book. These are spiritual truths, okay? And if you're going to grasp them, then you've got to quit thinking like a human being. You have to start getting into the spirit here and get God's point of view, get into God's mind and see it through his eyes, what God is saying and what God means and how God has designed for it to be. And so Jesus went on to tell this individual, you're supposed to be a master in Israel, he's telling this guy. You're supposed to be a teacher yourself. You're supposed to be an individual of great understanding. And he said, but if, if I tell you simple things and you don't understand them, things that could even to a point be considered extremely fundamental, like A, B, C, two and two is four, giving you the basics here and you don't, you don't believe that. He said, then how, he said, shall you believe the heavenly things? And those are the important things. Those are the important things, okay? Brother Lewis preached the other night about the true riches. Those, that's the real thing. That's the true riches. 
And, and here we have something that's true. It's heavenly. And, and, and it's, it's, it's something that we really do need. We need to understand that there is a life beyond this life. And that this life is very, very short in comparison. That the world, what we're talking about is world without end. There will be no time. There will be no need for wristwatches or wall clocks or anything else like that. It's a good thing I got one this morning because I'm almost there. <laughs> Everybody said praise the Lord. So how shall you believe the heavenly things? Well, how I'm going to believe the heavenly things is that I'm going to start believing the Word of God. I'm going to start believing the teaching that the church brings to me, the church that Jesus started. Not somebody started five centuries later or ten centuries later or ten minutes ago. I'm going to believe the church that Jesus gave birth to and launched it and sent it out into all the world. And everywhere they went, it was the same pattern. They preach to people the message that is salvation. For an example, Acts 8 and 36, he said, this is this backdrop now. We have Philip. Now, Philip is one of the seven, and he has come out of the church. He's been trained. He's been disciplined. He's been faithful. He's been loyal. He's been true. And he now is sent by the church to a city called Samaria. And this is a place where these people were, uh, you can send them in. This is a place where people are, are not accepted, okay? People look down on them. They're not completely Jewish, and they're not completely non-Jewish. They're a mixture. And these they were looked down on by the Jewish people. But we're not talking about Jewish people anymore. We're talking about the church. And the church is made up of everybody. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Amen. All right, so uh, as Philip goes down to this city of Samaria, he gets there, and he starts preaching Christ unto them. Okay, He didn't come preaching a bunch of nonsense and made up stuff. He came preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And in, in so doing, then the Scripture teaches that He uh, begins to get people to believe the Word of God and the signs and the miracles and the wonders that God was doing because it did say if we work, God will work with us. And He will confirm His Word. That's how you're going to know that this isn't just paper, and ink, okay? And, and how you're going to know the difference because God is going to confirm His Word and God is going to do just what He said He would do in His Word. And you're going to see the confirmation of that if, you, if God knows that you're trusting Him. If you know that the Lord is good and that He knows that you're trusting in His goodness, okay, and in His Word. And so as, as uh, Philip begin to baptize people in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of their sins and that's being born again of water that Jesus said you must do or you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God and so Philip is bringing the kingdom of God to them he's bringing the message of how to believe how to get in how to trust him remember in, in, in uh, previous examples here um, he said they won't believe me they won't believe me okay and so what we're saying is that's exactly the point somebody comes and they're preaching the word of God and giving you the chapter and verse and the sense or the understanding of it then it comes down to will you believe what you're being told it's not just generically I love to tell this story and uh, it came through my pastor and uh, if you've heard it before well you have my permission to laugh again but uh Ella was going to walk on the tightrope, tight wire, across the Niagara Falls. All those big 
waves of water going over and pounding, and you can hear the sound is just like a drum beating in your ear, and, and your heart starts, your natural heart starts racing, and fear can just rise up, and, and the guy's there, and he's got a person to help him. And so he's going to carry that pole. He's going to carry it across that guide wire, and he's going to go to the other side. He's going to leave America's side, walk across to the other side that's in Canada. And so the wind is blowing, and the spray is all over the place. The guide wire is wet and slippery. And the man looks at his helper, and he says, well, he said, do you, uh, do you believe I can walk across that wire to the other side? He said, oh, yeah, I believe you can do that. He said, do you really believe that I can do that, what I'm saying? He said, yes. He said, I really believe it. So he looked over there, and he saw a wheelbarrow. And he said, uh, he said uh, you think I can push that wheelbarrow across the other side? And he said, most definitely you can cross that wheelbarrow. Take it right across. He said, you really believe that? He said, yes, I do. He said, well, then get in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> well, translate that. Get in the church. You really believe what Jesus is saying? Then there's something you got to do. You don't have to, you get in the church. How do I get in the church? Well, I repent of my sins. I get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, born of water, and then I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born again of the Spirit, okay? And that puts me in the church. That's how you get in the church. And everybody said, praise the Lord. So Philip, he got them baptized in Jesus' name. The apostles at Jerusalem, where the church started, they hear that Samaria has received the word of God. They're believing the word. What he's telling them from the word, they're doing it. They've received it. They're believing it. And so they go down there and they begin to pray for them to receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet, they were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they'd been baptized, but they hadn't got the Holy Ghost yet. So the apostles are praying for them because it's not enough. It is correct and right, and you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. But you can't stop there. You must be born again also of the Spirit. And water and Spirit make up the one baptism that the church believes in. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Everybody said praise the Lord. So it is considered to be one thing. All right? So the Bible teaches that they laid hands on them, they prayed for them, they begin to receive the Holy Ghost. Not long then, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to Philip and said, you come on out away from there and head down to where I'm going to tell you to go. So he does. He gets down into a very dry place in the desert. And while he's there, he hears the sound of a chariot. And the chariot pulls up alongside of him. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord tells him to join himself to that chariot. So he does. And the man in there is reading the Bible. And he's reading Isaiah 53. Reading about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so... The preacher says, understand what you're reading? He said, I, I need some guidance here. And isn't it nice when you can find an honest heart and somebody that's really hungry and they really do want to learn about the Word of God? And so he began to preach to him from Isaiah 53. And from there, he went right into, obviously, being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ because all of a sudden the man said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And so this is exactly Acts 8 and 36 that I've given you here. See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So we come back to what Jesus said in just another form. In other words, why 
Why didn't you believe? Why didn't you believe? John brought you baptism. Why didn't you believe? Here we have it again, this time in its most uh, New Testament church form. Okay, It's time to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. Now, somebody is going to ask the question in their mind, in their heart, they're going to say, well, what about Matthew 28, 19, where it said to go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. There is absolutely no difference between that and Acts 2.38 that tells you and all the other scriptures that tell you that every example that is that they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because it said baptize them in the name. That is singular. That's one. In the name. And he is all the titles. He is the Father. He is the Son. And he is the Holy Ghost. The one God showing himself as Father in creation, as Son on the cross in redemption, and as the Holy Ghost in the church or in the believer's heart. Okay? That is God's plan. There's only one God. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. So, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So he had obviously preached to him about being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And then his answer, the preacher's answer was, if thou believest, if you're trusting with all your heart, then you can. And he was. They went down into the water, both he and this man, and they, well, he then baptized him in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? All right. Then Hebrews 10 and 39. And this portion of Scripture said, Them that believe to the saving of the soul. And that's what you want to be. You want to be among them that believe, that trust to the saving of your soul. You don't want just to do a little portion here. It is good if you start believing the Scripture, and the Scripture says to repent, okay? Would you go stand against that wall over there for me? All right. Now, suppose I tell Andre, come here to me. Now, stop. Now, I did that because I want to say, suppose he only starts believing what I say, and then he stops. And then I say, come on. And so he takes two more steps, and he stops. So we've repented. I'm God, I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I'm sorry. I want out of this Egyptian-type world. I want out of this sinful lifestyle. So I repent. Well, we're going to take two more steps. So now we get baptized in Jesus' name. Okay? And all our sins are fully forgiven, fully pardoned, done away with, remembered no more. Okay? You know that candy you took out of the fridge when you weren't supposed to? You said you were sorry? It's all gone. Don't worry about it. Okay, wait a minute. I just figured he did that. He's a growing boy. Anyway. And then he takes two more steps to get to me, and, and now we get the Holy Ghost, okay? So we want to believe to the saving of our soul, okay? We want to believe to the saving of our soul. You don't want to fall short, as the Scripture talked about some people, of the promises of God. You want to get the whole thing here, all right? You, you want the plan of salvation. That's what we're talking about, believing or trusting to salvation. It is a plan. You don't want just a little fragment of it, okay? You want the, what did Paul say? I shunned not to declare unto you the whole counsel, the complete counsel of God. And that's what we're bringing to you, the whole message of salvation, the whole plan. And everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. All right, uh, you can remain standing for a minute. And uh, we're going to give you uh, a little opportunity this morning.
to make a sacrifice which is pleasing unto the Lord, okay? Um, before, we, before we completely change gear here, um, we're going to give you an envelope, and we're going to ask you to give an offering or a pledge uh, to the new building program and a little bit of, a, of a, an old building program. As you know, we put a new front here in the uh, getting you into the church. And how many of you have, by, by habit, gone out the door and took a big step only to find you didn't have to do that anymore? Okay, creatures of habit, we all are, okay? And, uh, but thankfully, it's a lot safer now for you. So uh, we're going to ask you to help out with the old and the new. And uh, they're going to give you the envelopes right now. And if you'll, all you need to do is put your name on it and then put the amount that you want to give or pledge and that will be greatly appreciated. We're asking it for by the last of this month, uh, September 30th, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Okay, Pete, get that for me. All right. That's why I didn't have you stand. I think it'd be easier to write sitting. And, um, all right. Once you get your envelope, if you'll just be kind enough to fill that out, Help us out in Jesus' name. It will be greatly, greatly appreciated. Here? Hello. There we go. Uh, an update on the building. We are coming very close to five inspections. Fire sprinklers in the ceiling, and the plumbing, and the electric, the air conditioning, and what's called the framing. All of these are coming together, and then we're going to get that inspection. Once we get that inspection signed off on, then we're going to be able to start drywalling. And we'll actually have walls, not just steel studs, but we'll have walls, okay? And that will further define the rooms and the building on the inside. So we ask you to continue to support and to pray and to believe with us that God will supply every need. All right? He's a great, mighty, and wonderful God, and he has taken care of business so far, and I believe that he will continue to do so. All right, if you've gotten your envelope, uh, now let me make it clear once again. You have the next two to three weeks to fulfill this pledge. You can give it today or you can give it any day any from now to the end of the month. Let me say it that way. All right? You can do that. This should not affect your offering or your tithing uh, for this morning or any other way that we give. Okay? This is something separate as a pledge. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. You can uh, stand with me if you would. We're going to take a moment to pray and worship the Lord. Let's do that together by the upraising of our hearts with our hands. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks, O Heavenly One. I bless your name, Jesus. We thank you for the truth. We thank you for the message. We want to believe it with all of our heart, Lord. Oh, dear God, I praise you. I praise you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I need your holy hand. Come on, Lord, and worship our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be 
Your name is great and it's great. 